Welcome to Out of Nowhere, where we talk with marketers, makers, and value creators about where they've been and where they're going next. Let's dive in. Hey everyone, this is Justin Watkins of Native Digital. Today we're talking AI with Trevor from RoboFlow. They're making computer vision easier and easier for developers to use. I was I was previously a co-founder of a software company. So from 2012 to 2018 um, was, you know, started a company and ran that, scaled it uh, up to about 150 people. And then we ended up selling the company. And, you know, once we sold the company, I started, you know, thinking through all of the ideas that had piled up and, you know, uh, companies that I'd seen that had done fundraising and things like that. And I kind of made my little short list. And when it came time for me to leave um, the company that acquired us, uh, I was gravitating towards kind of smaller companies, like to get in, get my hands dirty, get involved at an early stage and really kind of help mm-hmm. things grow. Um, and I knew the founder, uh, Joseph uh, RoboFlow. Uh, we lived, he lived in DC. I also lived in DC and we were kind of good friends. So I'd heard about the company early on um and i really liked the way he thinks the, the way he leads uh kind of his view is his unique view on the market he was uh you know we're in the computer vision kind of machine learning artificial intelligence space and he um was a practitioner there he was consulting for fortune 500s on that he was teaching courses uh on that and so he had a really unique insight into that world and a unique understanding and um they kind of uh, released an initial product and the traction was just out of control. I mean, I'd never seen, you know, uh, so much traction for such a small team, both on the usage and adoption and interest, but like blog traffic and like actual revenue and actual customers. It was kind of mind blowing for what a team at that time of about eight people had accomplished. And so kind of looked at the ideas that I had jotted down and other companies out in the space. And I was like, you know what, you know, I know the CEO really sharp, uh, you know, knows what he's doing and the, the, the company is doing extremely well, tons of traction. And then the icing on top was like, you know, cutting edge technology, really big opportunity, right? Like within artificial intelligence, you know, people think of artificial intelligence as, you know, Siri talks to them or, you know, uh, some automated machine learning thing approves a, I don't know, a loan automatically in two seconds or whatever. But, um, you know, we build with computer, we help people build with computer vision, and that's one of the things that uh, we haven't quite automated yet is how do you get a picture or a video and just automatically pull down information and intelligence and understanding of what's happening there. That's kind of like the next frontier in terms of data that can get pulled in the equation that we're not quite using yet because it's a really difficult problem to solve. And, you know, I think from a timing standpoint, it's like really early stage technology is finally there to make use of it. And so I was kind of like, wow, huge opportunity, super interesting you know, technical product, awesome team, tons of traction, um, felt a little too good to be true. But uh, so, yeah, that, that kind of all came together for me. Yeah, it sounds like a lot of things were lining up. Um, before we get too far into it, how I, I do like to ask if you were in front of a potential customer right now, or maybe even just recruiting somebody to the firm um, or to the company, like how, what would be kind of the elevator pitch? Like how, how do you kind of present RoboFlow to them? Yeah, kind of depending on their, their level of knowledge of the space, um, it might be a little bit different, but in general, you know, we build developer tools that allow you to use computer vision in anything you want to do, whether it's automated business process or pull in uh, data from a new source, like, you know, using visual data, like video or images, um, or you want to enable some new capability that you, you know, really couldn't do before because you didn't have the ability to look at the data um, it's visual data and things like that. So yeah, so we're, we're developer tools for computer vision. Um, you know, you can kind of think of it about it almost like 
you know, developers uh, use Twilio to be able to send, you know, SMS and communication. And it's just a, a toolkit that they can apply and kind of use as building blocks or the same thing for computer vision. Uh, so if you want to build it into an app or build it into a product or a mobile phone or, you know, put it, you know, uh, intelligence into a camera or something like that, uh, we give you the tools to do it. So it's just like, um, we're not industry specific. We're just for developers to, to use that new technology. And I'm sure as, as the, as uh, your technology was ramping up and you're starting to, to partner with customers that you, you anticipated some of the uses and probably saw some of them coming, like this would be great for X, Y, and Z, but I'm sure there's also some new creative more like, Oh, wow. I we didn't even predict that. I mean, have you seen cases of that? Yeah, it's really interesting because it is a new technology. People are still kind of trying to figure out like the, the best ways to use it and, you know, the, the smartest ways to use it. And it's the use cases are, are really wild. Um, and one of the interesting things is if you go to universe.roboflow.com, you can see all the data sets that our customers and our community are, are building or using to build computer vision models. And you can search for anything, pick your favorite hobby. You know, if, I don't know if you like kayaking, you can type that in, or if you, if you, you know, Amazon rainforest, you can type that in like, and you're going to find data sets that people are using to build something. And so the, like the amount of use cases are just like mind blowing. You know, a lot of them are like really funny, right? Like uh, somebody uh, used computer vision to take a robotic arm, attach a laser pointer and uh, um, move it around the room to give their cat exercise like while they weren't home, right? Like that's like funny and quirky and interesting as a hobbyist. Um, but then you also have like Fortune 500, you know, manufacturers using computer vision because they want to look at their assembly line and they want to look for defects or they want to look for things that are out of place or they want to look for things um, that are maybe like extra pieces that had fallen into something they're producing and automate some of that quality assurance. And so, you know, you've got like massive Fortune 500s and you've got hobbyists and there's just a lot of cool things in between and, and things that we, you know, never would have thought of um, that are just really interesting. Uh, one, of, one of my favorite projects is, um, in, in, I think it's in Kenya, it's a conservation, um, uh, uh, like, you know, uh, conservatory. And in, in Africa, the, um, the conservatories don't own the animals. Like there's no gate, there's no wall. So um, they have these corridors that help the animals like connect to different um, conservation parks. And so they use cameras that, because they need to be able to track and understand like, where are the animals? How many animals are there? What's the size? Like, how is the herd? Like what's going on? Cause they don't have a visual of any of this information, but with computer vision, you can automatically understand all of that and see all of that, um, which is just kind of like, wow. Like <laughs> it's something you couldn't really do before. And now magically you have all this information and you can use it to better, um, you know, ensure that, you know, as a conservation uh, operation, you're, you're doing a great job and you know what's happening. Yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty wild. I mean, the, the possibilities just are on and on, right? We, in fact, uh, just earlier this morning, we were talking about one of our clients. We uh, leverage a, uh, an audio AI tool, right, to understand conversations. And basically what we would normally be tracking on a website, we're tracking in conversations because if we hear signals of certain phrases, then we can log that type of thing. It's basically like analytics for voice. And it sounds to me like there's a lot of applications for like analytics and like vision, what we see. But that's just still scratching the surface, right? Like that's just one of many use cases, right? Yeah, yeah. Like you can get analytics on information that you didn't have access to before. That's a, that's a great point. You can make a lot of business decisions off that. You can automate processes that maybe used to have like a manual component or um, maybe a less uh, efficient component. And then you can also like 
just totally unlock new capabilities that just weren't something that, you know, were, were possible in the past to, to automate. So um, yeah, it's really up to the imagination of the user and people um, building with this stuff. And I think we're kind of like scratching the surface on early use cases and people doing things that make sense. And I think at some point we're going to realize there's going to be applications that we haven't thought of because it wasn't a natural uh, source of data, visual information. Like it wasn't an easy source of data. You used to have to like go through by hand and count and pick and understand. And when that's gone, there's like a whole new, like, you know, a, a good example is all these like automated self checkouts, right? Like Amazon has it, you walk in, you walk out and everyone's like, how the heck did that work? Well, there's a lot of computer vision components because they have to understand like, what's the item, um, which item is it, you know, and then, you know, understand the costs associated with that. But it's like, that's a great example where like you can have this magical experience because new technology is in the mix and it's, it's stuff that, you know, we just aren't used to yet. That's very cool. So the innovation is fascinating. We could talk forever on, on that alone, but it also needs to be distributed, right? You know, like you need to get it out mm -hmm. to uh, audiences that know what to do with it and can appreciate it, put it to use. Um, where do you see sort of the life cycle of this technology or your brand? And are you first mover, early mover? Is the category well established? Like, how are people reacting when you get the message in front of them of this is this is what RoboFlow is? Yeah, you know, we've really built our brand. Um, because our team is developers and our co-founders are developers and um, we're building tools for developers. So like it's, you know, our role in the ecosystem so far has just been helping as much as we can. Like, you know, we're, we're trying to keep up. There's always new inf information or, or technology or best practices to use computer vision or um, build out a pipeline for computer vision. So for, for our team, it's just been all about how can we help people understand how to get up and running use this stuff, leverage technology, um, you know, using these different cloud providers, like you have Google Cloud or you have AWS or you have NVIDIA and like there's different chips and hardware and components and uh, software. Like there's a lot of things out there and it's not always obvious how to piece it all together. So our role really has just been like, hey, here's how you can go from images to uh, using that model. And here's like a clean path to do it with like a specific device or a specific use case. So for us, it's just been all about sharing what we're learning, right? Because we're talking to customers every day. We're talking to people building every day. We're learning new stuff. It's on us to like turn that around and put it out into the world and say, hey, we figured out a way to use this. Here you go. Um, and we're, we're doing it as much as we can when it comes to like open sourcing that information and giving people tutorials and guides and step-by-step -step and um, helping them understand the science behind machine learning, but also making it so that they don't need to know machine learning to, to be able to like execute on a lot of this stuff. So um, that's really been our brand so far is like, get in, be helpful. We're learning it too. Let's turn it around and, and give it to people because we know like the more people that understand computer vision have access to it, we think there's going to be good things that happen. So that's, that's really what we've been trying to do is just kind of be everywhere, be helpful, um, and, and keep pushing things forward. Cause it's, it's so new. Like there's no books, there's no, I mean, there's some courses online, but there's not really, uh, like degrees or there's not things happening in universities. There's no, um, boilerplate template there's no there's not a lot of best practices so it's kind of like the wild west and, and and so we just try to come in and help out as much as we can yeah i feel like that that's the only way to go about it right is, is to do it the way you're doing it it feels it, it reminds me of like what stripe did in the fintech space which is you know you go to the developers and then eventually the cio or cto learns like what everybody's experimenting with and why because you know, you're trying to get in with the early adopters and that is the developers, right? Like they're tinkering with stuff and it's not going to be a C-suite that says, Hey, to go try this. I'm telling you to try. Hmm. They're not, they're, they're going to be like, yeah, okay. You're detached. Yeah. from." So you've got to kind of come in from like, uh, 
sort of the the front lines, grassroots levels, and then just be part of that community, right? And earn their respect mm-hmm. in that way. And then it eventually kind of just goes on from there. When do you when do you see that you then get are you getting into the conversations where you're getting into sort of the C-suite decision makers uh, at a certain point, or is that kind of happening on its own through the developers? Um, yeah, it, it's, I think it depends on the size of the company and then also kind of um, how the company thinks about using computer vision or, or artificial intelligence. So uh, companies where it's kind of core to what they do, you're going to, you know, higher level folks are kind of in the conversation earlier because they're really understanding that choosing a tool or, or choosing to work with someone like RoboFlow is kind of pretty core to their business, right? Um, so they want to make sure that they're picking the right tools. And so you kind of have a higher level, um, you know, person involved, but sometimes it's, you know, an engineer at a you know publicly traded or fortune 500 company that they have a problem to solve and their mandate is just like find a solution. And they're realizing a oh, weight vision might be the answer. They're coming in, they're doing research, they're making prototypes, they're, they're playing around with, like the newest technology to try to come up with a, a solution that they can put into production and use in like a real world scenario with like lots and lots of scale. So um, I think those do then kind of work their way up because, you know, taking a process where maybe let's say you used to capture 30% of errors in production and all of a sudden you automatically catch 80% of errors in production is like massive, right? For from a cost saving standpoint, from just operational efficiency standpoint. So that's one of those things that like, you come in as the engineer that influenced that. That's a story that can rise pretty quick in an organization because it's kind of like, you know, was that possible? And why haven't we been doing that? You know, what's, what's going on here? Uh, so like something new must've happened and, and there's a lot of interest. So um, yeah, it kind of works its way, you know, both directions depending on the organization and, and how critical you know, artificial intelligence might be to what they do. Yeah, it's amazing. I mean, it's close to magic at this point. I mean, we, like, again, earlier today, I was just talking about voice AI, which is different from you guys, but we, I was talking with someone, they're like, yeah, I used to work with similar technology, but 10 years ago, we couldn't have done this. Like, no, you, there's no way you could have done it. Like AI has yeah. unlocked that and you're doing this with, with vision. It's, it's incredible. There was no way to sort of scale. It was just, you know, cost was, would have been off the charts. Right. And yeah. now the cost has went all the way down to where all of a sudden things we didn't even think were possible are possible. Right. Exactly. Yeah. It's like the, you know, the cost of devices is, is, is now strong. Um, the cost for GPUs, like the hardware to run this intensive processing, that's also shifted, but also the cost has shifted. But the performance is also kind of like on way up um, on those. You can do more. And then like the technology that a lot of researchers and universities are, are doing around like the models themselves where they're now more efficient and um, maybe they use less power or they can do things faster and at a rate that is like the speed of business, whereas before maybe it was like kind of for research purposes. So you have all this confluence of things that happened in the last couple of years that are like ready for prime time. And I think people are looking for ways to, to make it all work. Who, uh, if, you, if you're looking at like all the different people who are aware of RoboFlow, using it, trying it out, seeing the results, like who, who do you think are probably the biggest like fans of it? loyalists, evangelists, like, do you have people who are just like, oh, this is great? Or is it kind of behind the scenes, not thought about? How would you characterize that? Yeah, I think there's a lot of people in the, in the, in this kind of like computer vision community that are really passionate about like the potential that they see in with computer vision and then applying it to a specific, specific industry. So, uh, cause it spans a lot of industries, right? So you have some people that are, um, really gung-ho about computer vision and its relationship to understanding like geospatial imagery. So satellites are orbiting the earth or taking images of the earth and you can use that to understand climate change. You can use that to understand 
um, like any sort of shifts in ecosystems or like whatever, you know, fire risk, hazard risk, like there's so much information you could do there, like crop yields, like it's endless. And so there's a big passionate community about applying computer vision to that, automate that information. There's a really uh, passionate community around like apps and development, right? So whether, you know, um, every time you see an app that, whether it's a Snapchat filter or something where you point your phone and there's, you know, augmented reality is interacting with the real world. Well, like that phone camera has to know what those objects are in the scene and, and how to interact with them. So like, that's also using computer vision. So you have people with more like consumer preference and like trying to like build apps and fun interactive like games and things um, with it. So there's like a whole community for that. So it's kind of interesting to see computer vision kind of make its way into these kind of bigger, broader communities and, and get some passionate people. Um, and then there's tons of people within business, you know, manufacturing and anything industrial where, again, if you can raise the, you know, confidence rate on any sort of process from whatever, 30% to 80%, 90%. Um, uh, medical community is also um, really involved with computer vision because if you can start to look at scans or results or cells and, you know, find um, connections or anomalies um, at a faster speed, um, you know, there's a lot that you can do with that, like medical uh, you know, information as well. So yeah, it's, it's definitely starting to hit all the different industries and finding, you know, really strong use cases. Um, so it's, you know, it's exciting you know, for us as a, as a horizontal product that everyone can use, things just kind of pop up and we're, you know, we get cited in research papers, we get cited in articles that we had no idea that we were, you know, even a part of, um, but it's really cool to see because people are just running with it and applying it to their industry. And that's where, that's where the, like, the real value is, is like people in an industry applying their industry knowledge and using computer vision as a tool to, to get something done that they couldn't do before. I think that's like really where the, the magic happens and we see a lot of like long-term value. That's awesome. I mean, you, it's obvious that you guys have a lot of momentum that the wind's at your back. Have you had from a marketing standpoint, any challenges that you've had to overcome or maybe just tougher decisions that you make because there's maybe too many good options and you, that type of thing, anything that comes to mind there? Yeah, I, I think, you know, for us, because the industry is moving so fast, it's like, I don't know, you want to ride the wave, but sometimes the wave comes and they come in, you know, too fast or there's too many. And, you know, you're like, oh, wait a second, we're on this wave. And this bigger wave just came. Like, do we, do we stop doing what we're doing and like hop in this new one? Or do we keep doing what we're doing? And it's a lot of shiny objects and they're more than I've ever experienced in my career in terms of just, you know, new um, developments, right? Like Facebook will open up a fully open source like new model for anyone to use and like that's a really big deal and as a marketing team like we want to be talking about that but we still might be formulating a thought on the model that you know uh, google just released and, and is also totally publicable and has different use cases and so like new technologies flying at us and we're trying to keep up but it's uh so we kind of just have to pick and choose and uh you know just kind of really do things well because we don't want to for developers, you can't like half bake something, right? Like if they go to try to implement your tutorial, and it doesn't work. That's a big problem. So oh, yeah. we have to be thorough. We have, have to be thorough. It's got to be high quality. Um, so it's it's yeah, it's definitely like the I'm riding a wave over here, and all of a sudden new one comes, and um, it's it's tough to grapple with. But um, but yeah, I think I think our core thing is just being helpful, providing really thorough uh, guides and tutorials on how to use this stuff. And you know, hopefully we pick the right waves when they come because they come early, and we want to be we want to be first. And, you know, you want to pick the right ones. How has your experience of having um, co-founded and, and exited a, a company in the past and influenced the way you approach your role today? Um, you know, I think 
for, for being going. So in the past, I was kind of a B2B uh, software as a service company, you know, kind of like a lot of B2B software as a service companies there have a, you know, nice UI and, you know, there's kind of purpose-built components and uh, it's pretty straightforward stuff. And the users, like they're very easy to understand the use case and exactly what they're doing, right? It was like a, it was a vertical SaaS. Um, coming into a horizontal technology, heavy, like developer-focused, um, arena, I was, it was pretty nervous. So I was pretty scared, right? I, I don't know the technology. I'm not a developer. Um, and so that's pretty intimidating. And, um, I think the good thing is, is that, you know, whether developer, you know, most developers will tell you they hate marketing and anything with marketing or looks like marketing smells like marketing, they will totally reject it. And I think that's true. But the good news is, is that like B2B software companies really started, uh, using inbound marketing a long time ago. And that really just meant being helpful being in the community, being genuine, providing solutions and like, you know, giving a lot. And the good news is that totally translates. And so like bringing that mindset of like, be helpful and be a genuine, you know, part of the ecosystem in a helpful way and a symbiotic way versus kind of like just trying to extract customers and extract value. Um, I think that helped a lot. So I could take that mindset and bring it here. And then at that point, it's still just all the channels that we all know and love, right? It's, it's email, it's social and you know, maybe there's different social where it's like, maybe it's more Reddit than it is, you know, Instagram. But at the end of the day, it's like people in there, they're trying to learn, they're trying to hang out, they're trying to do cool stuff, they're trying to read things that are entertaining. So different places, you know, similar kind of outcome, um, which I've been, which has been fun to apply because it's, it's just a unique application of, of what I've done in the past. Yeah, it, to me, it's a, uh, you know, in the web, in web 1.0, it was too much fluff, too much marketing, not enough innovation. Then Web 2.0 came along. It was all innovation and an allergy to marketing because we had just seen what that was. And we're still, to me, I think we're still in that wave where, you know, you're not legit. I mean, to be legit, you just work on innovation and it spreads itself. Well, not everything has virality built into it. So that's where you need sales and marketing. Now, the way you go about that, I think there's different ways to go about it. Like you said, it's easier to uh, um, promote a kind of inbound uh, or kind of, a more positive ethical way of going about it. But um, if you really believe in the innovation, you need somebody who's a storyteller and shares it and make sure it gets to the far reaches. Because I mean, think about mm -hmm. the sustainability issues you just talked about and how revolutionary that can be. Like we've got to take that to them. Somebody's got to take it to them. It may not go there itself. So yeah. I think when you frame it up that way, it really helps people understand, oh, this is a legit role that we need. Like we need this. And the fact that the better this goes, the more people can experience these tools that you're building, which are game changers. Yeah. And I kind of, yeah, I think that's exactly right. And I, and I talked to our team about this a lot where I kind of feel like we have this duty in the industry because we have literally over a hundred thousand people have come into our platform and built something, something, done something. And then we have customers that are live and in production and getting real business value, real use cases. And, you know, it's kind of on us to like help explain like what's working? Like, what are the use cases? Like, how are people seeing ROI? Like, how are people getting this done? Because we know that it can be applied to lots of other industries, but sometimes you really have to kind of give people that example or that step-by-step -step guide. And like, we have a lot of that information. A lot of people are coming to us for the first time trying to build something with computer vision. They don't have that knowledge. And it's kind of like, well, how do we turn what we know from inside the company and share it with people? Because I, you know, it's not a burden, but it's like, I feel like this, you know, kind of a duty to say, Hey, like we, we, we got to help people do this because like they want to do it. They're trying to do it. And um, it's not always straightforward. And the more we can help people think about what's possible and show them the reality. Right. Cause I think that goes back to the web 1.0. It's like, Oh, you could do all this stuff with computer vision. Well, that's like easy to say, 
the hard thing is here's what someone's doing and it's real and they're a real business and it's really working. And, you know, a lot of people make fun of artificial intelligence, machine learning, and they're like, Oh, what's, what's working? Like what's actually doing anything? Like, is it doing anything or is everybody just, you know, spending lots of money on this and getting nothing out of it. And it's like, you know, we're over here like, no, 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 there's real stuff happening. We have real customers. There's, there's real use cases. Um, so, so yeah, it's, it's definitely important to kind of share that. And that ends up working really well because people are interested in that, you know, they see their industry or they see a use case that makes sense for them. And all of a sudden they're, they, they kind of perk up and start having ideas, which is cool to see. I mean, it's obviously you've got a passion for this and you're kind of a champion of the, of, of this technology, but what, what would you say have been probably the most fulfilling uh, moments uh, of your role uh, so far? Um, you know, honestly, it's, it, it keeps like being on these customer calls. Um, and you know, we had a customer, you know, put us into production and they said, Hey, you know, um, the fact that we just use your product to find an anomaly, our production lines, we would have went down for four hours if that problem would have gone through and that would have cost us a million dollars. And they were live for like four days with the product. And it's like, I've never been in a seat at a software company where that's even like in the realm of possibility. And so it's like, wow, you know, we're early. That was one use case, one customer, one thing. And it's like, holy cow. Um, so I, I still get really excited about that. I also really love the community aspect of what, what the computer vision and artificial intelligence community is all about because it's really refreshing, right? Coming from B2B where it's like everything's secret products are secret, technology secret, don't share anything. And then I come here and it's like, Google, here's a free model. Anyone can use it, you know, no strings attached, like just, you know, advanced computer vision or Facebook's doing that. Or like, you know, research is, is just coming out with brand new stuff. And everyone is just like giving, 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 giving. It kind of, it, it didn't make sense to me at first. I was kind of like, well, how does this work? Like, where, where's the money? And it's, you know, it's not direct. It's not like, oh, here's the model. Here's some money. It's like, oh, I'm going to use that now. And like, things are going to, things are going to happen and move forward, um, which is just so cool to be a part of. It's, it's not something I'm used to. And it's, it's like a really fun place to work. I, it's funny. I used to tell people before when I would be on Twitter, um, it's kind of a sad place, kind of a gloomy, doomy, kind of not, you know, not a lot of fun information. And then I get into the AI computer vision space. I start following people that are building night and day. My Twitter is so happy. It's so optimistic. It's so like cool technology doing cool, helpful, important things. I'm like, that's just a good sign. <laughs> like, you know, I'm in an industry where if I follow the people in the industry, it's like pure optimism and excitement. And, and, and I think that's been awesome to be a part of. Mm-hmm.